This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Okay, well, I have to ask this question, and it's not hard. If you were not in this morning's service, raise your hand. If you were not, raise it real high, and the ushers are going to count you. One, two, three, four, five, six. Well, you were in the nursery, though, right? So that counts. But if you weren't here, so that you were over in children's. Okay, if you weren't in, you, if you weren't on the church property this morning, raise your hand real high. Let's do that. Okay, okay, got four. Okay, four. Not another service. NOS. That's what that means. Okay, not another service. You can go ahead and pass those out. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, tonight, since we had such wonderful Holy Ghost all last week, I'm going to be teaching on the Holy Spirit tonight, His nine gifts. Hallelujah. His nine gifts. Because, you know, the Holy Ghost wants to move. Amen. He wants to move in our heart and in our life. And I got a little handout for you to kind of, you can write notes on that. I got a place for you to write notes. Uh, hopefully this will give you some clarification as to what the, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are, how he uses them, because a lot of times there's a, uh, a misunderstanding. Uh, people don't understand what these gifts are. They read about in their Bible. They don't have a clue. But uh, God wants you to have a clue. Amen. So we're going to have a clue tonight. We're going to have lots of clues tonight. And we're going to put it into something that we can grasp and understand. I want to show you this. Uh, many of you get we got so many new people in the church that you don't under, you don't even know what's going on here sometimes. But in the past, but I write our Wednesday night curriculum. Most of it, you know, they they variate from it every once in a while. But Kids Club is my creation up there on Wednesday nights, and I've got 13 series that I've done. Some of them are anywhere from seven weeks to 13 weeks on on different topics, character series. I got all kinds of stuff. I also have a, a series on the Holy Ghost. And uh, this is it. It's, this is one of them. It says the Holy Spirit, his nine gifts. This is for children six to ten. And uh, I, got, I got this out of my, my file uh, this afternoon or yesterday, last night, actually, because I thought, you know what? Eleven of the kids that were, let's see, what happened? Eleven kids that were baptized in the Holy Ghost when Levi, Besser, taught back there. Kids, eleven of them. Uh, Joel Samples had already been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I think there were six kids in there that were already baptized in the Holy Ghost. But you know what? What surprised me, them just start operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so you parents, you're in here tonight. The kids are over there practicing. So, And I instructed Leah, I said, you start teaching this on Wednesday Night Kids Club again. Because the kids need to know what they've got, what they're equipped with. Because they can operate in that stuff. I mean, same Holy Ghost. I like what Brother Besser said. It's not Holy Ghost Junior and Holy Ghost Senior. It's just the Holy Ghost, you know. And he can operate in these little bitty people. So, hallelujah. Well, let's open up with prayer tonight. Father, we just come before you this evening in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you give us you give us understanding of this topic, Father. Holy Ghost, I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you're going to reveal to our people tonight questions that they've had, the answers to questions they've had, Father, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, I just thank you for your clarification tonight, helping us to get it, Father, and we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So open up your Bibles. I'm in King James tonight, First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Yeah, woohoo! First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 1 says this. I'll wait till y'all get there. 
1 Corinthians 12, 1 says this, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So the Lord does not want us to be ignorant about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I would not have you ignorant. You know, the Lord doesn't want us ignorant about anything that he has. He wants us to know. He wants us to understand. He wants us to learn. So he does not want us ignorant about this. Amen. Um, I'm going to give you the list of the of the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost. We're still in the same chapter. Go down to verse 8. It's, well, back up to 7. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So profit's a good word. That doesn't mean you're going to go out and make money necessarily. To profit with all means it's going to benefit us. So the Holy, the Holy Ghost, when he, when he wills to operate, to, you know, work in the, the gifts of the Spirit, it's to, for our good, for our benefit. Amen. To do us good. So here's the list of them in verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Holy Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another, the gifts of healing, notice that's an S, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To, uh, to another, divers or different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So you add those all together and it totals up to nine. Look at verse 11. It says, But all these work that one and the same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. So it's not something that we conjure up. If, if people, people in past have, have uh, conjured up the gifts of the Holy Ghost, then what happens is a familiar spirit comes in. So, Mrs. Pastor, what's a familiar spirit? A familiar spirit is a demon. So a demon will come in and imitate the Holy Ghost, and uh, it makes a mess of a lot of things. So we don't want that. You know, a lot of times you'll hear things about, uh, oh, we have a school of the prophets. Well, that's not good either. Back in the Old Testament, they had a school of the prophets. We don't need a school of the prophets anymore. You don't need to go to some school to teach you how to prophesy or none of the, any of the above. Okay, that's not God's will. God dishes out his gifts as he wills. So if the gifts are in operation in the church service, that's fine. If, it's, if they're not, that doesn't mean we had a lousy service. It just means that the Holy Ghost did not need uh, to, to minister through the gifts in that particular day. A lot of things, too, is that the gifts of the Holy Ghost are for out there in the world. You know, you can operate in the Holy Ghost when you're out there in the world. When you're out there day by day. When he, Where'd Henry go? Is he up in the nursery or something? Where'd he go? Oh, hi, Henry. No wonder I didn't see you. Hi, Henry. So when you're out there in your Starbucks or whatever, and the Holy Ghost, you know, gives you a word for somebody, not just tells you to go, you know, he'll give you a word for somebody. He'll tell you something about them. And, and, and that's for the street. You know, that's for out there. So, but, you know, yeah, we, we welcome them in here as well. So uh, anyway, it's not like I said, you know, a lot of times, like during a service, Pastor and I will... Well, we're sitting here, you know, or standing up here, worshiping, and he'll say to me, you got something? And I'll say no. And I'll say, do you have anything? And he'll say no. And uh, sometimes we'll say, yeah, I got a word, or, or I've got this, or I've got that. But, it's, but if we don't have it, we're not going to make it up. 
you get in big fat trouble, you start welcoming the devil in, you know, just to make you think you're a big shot or whatever, you know, we don't need that. We don't need any fat heads. <laughs> you know, we don't need any fat heads. So we just need to be led by the Holy Ghost. We need to be obedient to him to move out in the gifts. And you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost for these, by the way, too, says the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let's go through this. I'm, let's go through these one by one. You've got a little chart here. The, the, the gifts of the Spirit are divided into three groups. You've got revelation gifts. That's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And that revelation means it reveals something. Something is revealed. And then you've got the power gifts, the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, special faith. You know, that those are power gifts. And then you've got the vocal or the utterance gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. You know, a lot of times... Um, you may not even, the gifts do operate in this church, but you may not recognize it. Because a lot of times we don't say, well, this is a prophecy for so-and-so, or, you know, this is a word of knowledge for so-and-so. But the Lord will show us sometimes some things, you know, and, and we just speak them out. And we're not, and they're in operation, you just don't, maybe don't recognize what they are. So let's go for the, the uh, word of wisdom, first of all. Open up your Bible, I'm going to give you an example of this in Acts 21. Now, write this on your notes. Oh, that's already there. I already typed it. The, wor- the word of wisdom is something in the future, but here's a biblical example of that in Acts 21. Let's look at that. Notice it says, it says word of wisdom, word of knowledge. It doesn't have to be a long dissertation. Sometimes it's just a couple of words, you know. The Lord shows me you've got liver problems or whatever. You know, that's a word of knowledge. If the Lord, if somebody were up here, I just made that up, so don't, don't. <laughs> that's just an example. If the Lord calls out so-and-so or just in the general thing and the Lord shows me there's people in here with liver problems, well, you know, if that's you, then that's a word of knowledge. I didn't go into a long dissertation on what liver problems are or none of the above because I wouldn't have a clue anyway. But that's, that's an example of something that would come forth like that. Let's look at Agabus. Uh, Acts 21, let's start in verse 10, and we'll go down to verse 15. As we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem Bind the man that owns this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place brought him, uh, besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. And when Paul answered, what mean you to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, the will of the Lord be done. And after those days, we took up our carriages and went up to Jerusalem. So Agabus was warning Paul, if you're going to go to Jerusalem, you know, bad things are going to happen to you in Jerusalem. That was a word of wisdom because it was something that was happening in the future. It wasn't, it wasn't happening today. It was something, if you go over there to Jerusalem, this is what's going to happen to you, Paul. And, you know, Paul was forewarned and he, want, he wanted to go anyway. He didn't care. He just wanted to go be where the Lord wanted him to be. But God's so good sometimes, he'll warn you of stuff. You know, he'll warn you of things. And you think, wow, 
Thanks, Lord. You know what I'm saying? Wow. In a way, that could kind of be what happened to uh, to Jesse. When the Holy Ghost says to him, you know, Jesse, stop. You know, you're stopping at a green light. Good Lord. You know, to your mind, natural mind, that doesn't make sense. But if he hadn't stopped, you know, the Lord warning us, if he hadn't stopped, his whole family could have been taken out in a heartbeat, you know. You know, God is our protector, and he's, he's always there with us. He's warning us. He's instructing us. He's telling us where to go, what to do, you know, things like that. So that is an example of the word of wisdom. So the word of wisdom tells something that's in the future. Okay, so you got that one. Okay, now the word of knowledge is something that's in the present. Let's look at Acts 16. Something that is in the present. Present tense. I'll give you an example of this. Years ago, golly, I don't even, I don't even think David was born yet. But years ago in Indiana, before Pastor and I were pastors, we used to go door to door. And uh, we went to this one gal's house, and she was pregnant. And she was just a young lady, you know, and we would go and we'd say, does anybody here need prayer for healing? That was the, the word that the Lord told us to say to people when we went door to door. And uh, <laughs> this was something. I started to pray for this young gal and her husband. And the Holy Ghost says to me, she doesn't have a husband. That was a word of knowledge right then. Present tense, she didn't have a husband. Holy Ghost told me that. That's a word of knowledge. He tells you something in the present. You, I had no, I didn't know this girl. I had no way of knowing. You know what I'm saying? You have no way of knowing, but God knows everything. So if he gives you just a word of what he knows, you understand what I'm saying? Gives you just a word of what he knows. That's, that's a word of knowledge. That happened in the present. So here we are in Acts 16. Look, look at verses 9 and 10. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So in this particular instance, a word of knowledge came to Paul in a vision, you know, Telling him what to do, giving him instructions. Isn't that cool? God is so good. Okay, and another discerning of spirits. Look, let's look at Acts chapter 7. Now, discerning of spirits does not mean this. A lot of people say, oh, I have, I have the, the spirit of discernment. You know, and what they're, what they're doing is they're, uh, how can I put this into words? Um, Ah, somebody help me out. How do I put this into words the wrong way to do it? Discerning of spirits is not you thinking you're reading somebody's mail. Has nothing to do with that. Has nothing to do with, yeah, meddling. meddling. Has nothing to do with you reading somebody else's mail. Has nothing to do with it. Discerning of spirits has to do with you either seeing angels or demons. Discerning to see. You got that? So, you know, if you, if you somebody comes up to you and says, oh, I have the gift of discernment. And I think, yeah, baloney. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to watch these people. So it means you, you can either see angels. You know, this doesn't happen all the time. I've never seen an angel. Pastor has one time. Said he was huge. Walked right through the wall. 
You know, or demons. Now, I've seen demons. You know, it's looking into the spirit realm. This is the natural realm we're looking at. But we can't see there's angels all over the place in here. You know what I'm saying? So it means that all of a sudden you see an angel or all of a sudden you see a demon or a demon presence. You see it. You understand what I'm saying? So I'll give you an example. One time, <laughs> one time Pastor and I rented this little old house out in the country. You weren't born yet. You were just a little fella. And uh, this house, there are such things as haunted houses, okay? But, I mean, they're, they're, it's no big deal. You just take care of it. So we had, the, it was a two-story country house out in the country, just a little poor little house. And uh, upstairs, this stupid demon lived up in the st- upstairs. So one day, <laughs> Pastor and I said, we just went up the stairway and we said, we command you in the name of Jesus to get out of this house. You know, sometimes as things have happened in a house, somebody got murdered or whatever, there is such things as that, you know, and you don't need to call the Catholic priest, you just do it yourself. You know what I'm saying? We said, Satan, you get out of this house in the name of Jesus. And I saw this black form walking out the stairs, pouting, and out the door he went. You know what I mean? We got authority over this stuff, people. We don't have to be afraid of this stuff. You know, if you think Satan's waltzing around in your house, just get him out. You know what I'm saying? Just take authority over him. You know, Jesus said, I've given you all power has been given unto me. Therefore, I give it to you. So go ye therefore. So, you know, if there's a, you know, if there's a demon messing around, something like that, you just take authority over and get rid of it. But every once in a while, you'll be able to see the actual demon, you know, or you'll be able to see the actual angel. So discerning of spirits means you get to see into the spirit realm. Okay, everybody got that? Okay, that's pretty cool, huh? But it doesn't happen all the time. You can't conjure it up. And don't go around saying, Lord, I sure would like to see an angel, or Lord, I sure would like to see a demon. Don't do that. Because if you're saying, Lord, I sure would like to see an angel, all of a sudden you get this angel of light that shows up, and it's really the devil, and he's pretending like he's an angel. You don't ask for this stuff. You know what I'm saying? You don't do that. You just, as the, as the Lord wills. Acts 7, uh, 55 and 56. This is an example of seeing into the spirit world. This is about Stephen. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. He saw into the spirit realm. See what I'm saying? Okay, you got that one? Okay, so those are all revelation gifts. They reveal something. Word of wisdom is for the future. Word of knowledge is for the present or the past. It could be something in the past. Um, it's like when Jesus went to the woman at the well. Yeah, you've had seven husbands. That's something. In, or five husbands, was it? Five, five husbands. That was in the past. You know, he read, he read her mail. And the guy you're living with now, you're not married to. Remember that? It's word of knowledge. Operated right there through Jesus. So that was really cool. And then the discerning of spirits is to be able to see what? Angels or demons. Okay, you guys are learning good. Okay. Now, let's let's talk about... Uh, I'm going to jump over to the utterance gifts. Let's talk about the gift of tongues and interpretation. So flip over to 1 Corinthians again. First Corinthians 14, verse 26, says this. I still hear pages. 
How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Okay, that word edifying means to build up. If we're edified, it means we're built up. It means we're made better, we're strengthened. Uh, you know, edification means to be built up. There's a, there's a, two kinds of uh, prayer language. There's your personal prayer language. Let's look at Jude chapter 20. That's the, back there by Revelation. Jude 20. You know, because if you, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you begin to speak in what? You begin to speak in tongues. But then there's a difference between in a meeting, like the other night at the, at the Brother Bester meetings, Brother Bester says, someone in here has a tongue, and a tongue was given and interpreted. That is different, completely different. Okay, there's two different kinds. You've got your personal prayer language where you speak in tongues, or you've got the gift of tongues which is spoken forth in a meeting and interpreted. It has to be interpreted at that point. But uh, this, uh, this one here I'm talking about, Jude 20, verse 20, this is your personal prayer language, says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So when you're praying in the Spirit at home or wherever you're at, driving down the road, wherever it is that you're at, you're building up your most holy faith by the Holy Spirit. You're building yourself up. You're charging your own battery. You understand what I'm saying? You got this Holy Ghost battery in there and you start praying and praying in the Spirit and you're building up, you're building that up. Amen. So that's, that's one thing. Um, and look at Romans 26, 28. I get there. That must mean that that that's there aren't there are not twenty twenty Romans eight. Okay, yeah, I typed it wrong. Romans eight. Try that. Thank you. <laughs> that's not correct. Romans eight. Okay. Do 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 do. Now, which scripture did I really want? Okay, here we go. Okay, Romans 8, starting at verse 26. This is about your, your personal prayer language. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us with our infirmities. That word infirmities there is not translated sickness. It's translated inability to get results. So sometime in your Christian life, it seems like you have an inability to get results, Correct. And so you go and you pray for, you pray in the Holy Ghost, right? And he's helping us with this. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. How many of you sometimes you have no clue what to pray for in English? You don't have any idea at all. How do I pray for this? I don't know. The Lord will put Aunt Susie on your heart. Well, she lives in Timbuktu somewhere, you know. You have no way to get a hold of her. Aunt Susie, what do you want? You know, what do you need? You start praying in the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Spirit knows what Aunt Susie needs. And when you're praying in the Spirit, you're meeting Aunt Susie's needs wherever she's at. For we, for we uh, know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
And he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, I have to make a statement here, a disclaimer. Maybe you've heard this years ago. How many of you ever heard a Christian say, Oh, we know all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. You ever heard anybody say that? They don't have a clue what they're talking about. Somebody could have just died in a train wreck and they're saying, Oh, all things work together for good. For that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bunch of baloney. You know, you got to go back. What is the topic of conversation? The topic of conversation is prayer. You know, if you're an English major, you go back up and you say, What is the subject? We're talking about the subject is praying in the Holy Ghost. So that's the subject. It's not train wrecks or somebody dying of cancer or none of the above thinking, oh, that was God's will. Oh, all things. No, 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 no. Don't ever let that into your spirit. What this is talking about is prayer. The subject is prayer. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose because they pray. You got that? It's because of prayer. Okay, so that's good. And then, so that's your personal prayer language. That's number one. Number two is praying in a public meeting. So flip back to 1 Corinthians 14. This is the gift of tongues right here. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 27. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most three. This is talking about in a church meeting or in a public meeting somewhere. Let it be by two or at the most three times and that by course and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Okay, so... There's an order to things, okay? The Holy Ghost does not interrupt himself. When the pastor's preaching, John Doe back there doesn't stand up and start giving a tongue. Because the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He will not interrupt himself. Pastor's got the floor. When the praise team is going on, the Holy Ghost has got Josh doing what he's doing up there with the praise team, and they're bringing in the, the... presence of the Lord and all that kind of stuff, the Lord is not going to interrupt the praise and worship by somebody giving a tongue somewhere. God doesn't work that way. God is a gentleman. You know, a lot of you need to teach your kids to quit interrupting. That's a side note. That was for free. It's real easy to keep teach your kids not to interrupt because kids just do that. That's just what they do. But then they grow up in life and they do things like they interrupt and they'll interrupt a service. You know, because they think that they have a right to interrupt. No, you teach your children. And, you know, I love little kids. You know I do. But if they've got something to say to you, they come up and just tap you on the hand or something like that. That's the signal to mom or dad, I really need to say something or I really need to ask you a question. So you know their presence. You can tap them back, you know, so that they know that you know that they're there. You know, this is just cool. This is for free, folks. Yeah, this is really cool. And so that your children, you know... Don't interrupt, but they wait. Isn't that cool? Then it teaches them to, in the in the church, you know, to wait, you know, and to and to and to not do things out of order. And then the Lord says here, uh, only two people can only two people, you know, 
let's say Elise has a tongue. Let's say uh, Audrey has a tongue. Okay, that's two. Let's say Monica's got a tongue. That's three. If Daniel gets up, sorry, Daniel, four. God says no. See what I'm saying? Understand what I'm saying? We just got to do things in order, okay? We got to do things the way God wants us to. So, I got to find where I left off here. Okay. So, and then that needs to be interpreted, okay? Because if a tongue is given publicly, the Bible tells us we have to have an interpreter for it. Now, an interpreter is not the same thing as a translation word for word. Like when Pastor uh, and Pastor Dave go to uh, Nicaragua and Henry uh, translates for them basically word for word into Spanish what they're saying in English. An interpretation is not a translation. It's a general gist of what the Holy Ghost is saying. So sometimes you can have somebody get a, you know, somebody will give a two-minute tongue and the, trans, and, the, and the interpretation is like 30 seconds. You think, well, how'd that happen? Well, he wasn't doing a word-by-word word word translation. He was interpreting the general gist of what the Holy Ghost wanted to get across. So you understand the difference there? Okay, that's good. That's good, that's good, that's good stuff. This is the same stuff I took out of my manual. I thought, man, do I have to go back and study this? Because the Holy Ghost wanted me to put it on. I thought, no, I already did this once. So I went back and I got it out of the, the kids' club manual. So see, they're getting good stuff up there. Amen? Okay, so... Gift of tongues interpretation. So you got that. Gift of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14.3. says this. But he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. So a prophecy is to... Edify somebody. What did I say edify means? Build up. Exhortation, which means to exhort somebody. And comfort means to comfort somebody. To bring comfort. It, 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 a, a prophecy isn't something like, you know, who you're going to marry. A prophecy isn't, um, you know, your, your husband's going to die next week. I mean, you know, it's, it doesn't do, you know, it's not that. It's to ex- exhortation, is to, uh, edification, build up, exhortation to exhort, to comfort, to bring comfort. Okay, and sometimes, um, you know, that can come forth, you, you know, that can come forth from somebody up here preaching and, you, and you're not recognizing it. But, but, but be sharp to learn how, oh, that, that's pastor or whatever, he's operating in a gift of prophecy, see? And it's always in the same language, it's in English. If we were in Mexico, it would be given in Spanish. You see what I'm saying? If we were in Russia, it would be given by the Russian people. So this is always in the language that, that we know. And it's not a telling of future like a fortune teller, because sometimes we think that. And uh, as I said, it's delivered in the person's own language. Uh, look, at, uh, look over there down to verse, you're still in 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 29. This is the same little rules that we've got going on here. Let the prophets speak two or three, and let the other judge. So we're supposed to judge a prophecy. Um, one thing I detest and abhor is people prophesying to one another behind our back, in the, back anywhere. I hate that. Because sometimes people are not mature enough to know that, you know, brother, sister, big spiritual person over here, 
prophesying to them. It must be, it must be something that's true to them and they get their life all messed up. I don't like that. If you think that you've got a prophecy for somebody, you say, Mrs. Pastor, come stand by me. I've got this, you know, da-da-da, or pastor. It says here it's supposed to be judged. In other words, we're supposed to judge this to say, well, is that God or are you just off in left field somewhere? You understand what I'm saying? So do me a favor. Uh, don't go around prophesying to people here because I get on your case. I will. Because I guard you. I love you and I guard you. And I don't want your life messed up. So... You know, if you've got something to say to somebody and you think it's a prophecy to them, you just you say, Mrs. Pastor, I would like to say this to so-and-so, can I? And I'll, I'll, I'll either say yes or I'll say no. <laughs> One of the two. I'll say yes or I'll say no. Okay. Let's back up to 29. Two or three, it says. I just turned turn the page. I've got to go back a page. Let the other judge. So prophecies are to be judged. If anything be revealed to another that sits by, let the first hold his peace. In other words, we still got the same thing going on. We're not interrupting. For you all may prophesy one by one that all may learn, that all may be comforted. And the spirits of the, of the prophets are subject to the prophets. That means you've got control of this thing. That means all of a sudden you just don't stand up and blurt out and say, oh, I couldn't control myself. No, that doesn't fly. Because the word says that we are, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, we can control it. We can wait. We can stop. I've seen people wait an entire service to give a word at the end, you know, because they, they know what, you know, they've got control over, over what they're doing. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. So that's just a little exhortation from the Lord. Okay, let's see. Da-da-da-da. Faith. Aha. The gift of faith. That's one of the special faith. Another translation will say special faith, not just faith. It'll say special faith. That's one of the power gifts. There's three kinds of faith. Now let me tell you what they are. Um, look at Romans 12.1. This is the first kind of faith. Romans, or 12.3, I should say. Romans 12.3. This is the kind of faith that you get when you're born again. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has given to every man the measure of faith. So it took you, it took faith for you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Faith cometh by what? Hearing by the word of God. Somebody shared the gospel with you. The word went forth, and by faith, that faith jumped out of you, or came upon you, and you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That you got faith, you got the, the measure of faith. You understand? That's faith number one. Okay. Now, then Romans 10, 12, we're not going to go there. Then you've got the faith that comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you're coming to church, and you're hearing the word, and you're hearing the word, and you're hearing the word, and your faith starts to grow, Right? How many of you have more faith now than you did the day you were born again? Amen. Your faith grows. Okay. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, you can just write that down. Then one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost kicks in special faith. Special faith kicks in. So gifts can work together. Like, like special faith will work with miracles or healings. 
Because say you got somebody that comes in here. Do yourself a favor. How many of you can get on YouTube? YouTube? Okay, look up uh, Kenneth Hagen Holy Ghost Meetings. Do yourself a favor. Okay, so we were, Pastor and I watch those all the time. So we were, we, we were in some of those back then. So every once in a while you may see our mug somewhere. But anyway, anyway. Um, and then we saw him, he was in a church, Brother Hagen was in a church somewhere. And they brought in this woman that, um, or she was a girl or something, they brought her in on a bed. And she was just really messed up. It takes special faith working with miracles or healings. They have to join together somehow to do something in a case like that. See what I'm saying? It takes some working together. You have to have special faith. And it doesn't, it isn't something that you've, oh, let me get out my Bible and read it. No, it's just something that wham comes on you from the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden, boom, wow. You know, you know. You're healed in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk, whatever, you know. But it takes that special faith that comes upon you by the Holy Ghost working together with the working of miracles or, the, or gifts of healing. See what I mean? So, so that's what that is. So, let's go over your little sheet here. Okay, so we have the revelation gifts that reveal something, right? So we have the word of wisdom that tells of the... We have the word of knowledge that tells of the... Has in her past, we have the discerning of spirits, which means you're able to see angels or demons. Okay, then we have the power gifts, the gifts of healings, the workings of miracles, the special faith. I just told you about that. Then we have the vocal or the utterance gifts, tongues, not to be confused with the personal prayer language, because we're talking about the gifts in a, in a service. The interpretation of those tongues, not a literal translation, translation, the gift of prophecy. You know, like I said, it doesn't, it's not going around telling people's future. That's devil stuff. Have you ever noticed that the devil tries to imitate everything God does? Yeah, he tries to mock. You know, he tries to mock. Everything that God does, he mocks and he has a counterfeit for it. So you have to be aware of that. But the gift of prophecy is for edication, exhortation, and comfort. And then lastly, you've got to know that all this works together by love. Amen. This all works together by love. Love for the Father, His love for us, love for love for one another. So, does that help anybody out tonight? Just a real, real brief thing on the gifts of the Spirit. But yeah, I wanted to. I felt like you know we need to go over those every once in a while. We probably have book gifts in the bookstore, aren't right? Actually, we've got a Brother Hagen uh, study guide on the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We do. You know, you can buy that and go over it yourself at home and all that kind of cool stuff. So anyway. Praise the Lord. So I hope you learned something tonight. Just keep studying. Hallelujah. All right. Well, Josh, press a tune there, my dear lad. And uh, um, let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.